If you've invested in your business, chances are you've funded future growth potential through leverage and after filling out loan applications and undergoing credit checks. In the stock market, using debt is often called gearing. The new BetaShares Wealth Builder Funds, ASX ticker symbols G200 and GHHF, offer moderate gearing across Australian and global shares for investors who are comfortable with the higher risks associated with gearing their investments. You can discover how they work by visiting betashares.com.au. Please don't forget that gearing magnifies gains and losses, so read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Australian Business Podcast. I'm Daniel Golubev. I'm Jordan Kittis. I'm Owen Rask. We're here to help you make more profit, find work-life balance, save time, capital, and grow your business. Every week, we drop the best tax tips, marketing hacks, growth strategies, and methods to help you grow. If you haven't already, take the free Rask Business Course. Book a chat with me or Daniel at Grayspace. Or get in contact with us about business coaching. We also love hearing from you. So send us your questions and feedback using the resources found in the podcast player for each episode. Let's get into it. Daniel, welcome back to the Australian Business Podcast. Thank you, Jordan. How are you feeling? Just me and you today. No, Owen. It's good. We've sort of like kids finally out on our own. We've moved out. <laughs> we've moved out. Technical difficulties from the start, so only uphill from here. Yeah, we've got Jordan manning the mixer. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll see how we go today. Yeah. Well, if you're crossed. listening to it, it was successful. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So today we're doing one of our favorite segments, I'd say, answering questions from listeners. And today we've got some pretty good ones. So if any of our listeners have any questions, hit the ask a question button in your podcast player. Um, and if you're listening to, to this while you're driving, it's probably best to wait till you park um, just to be safe. Yeah, and I don't think the police will use the excuse of, oh, Jordan Daniel told us to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not going to work. So any business-related questions, um, please send them through and, and we'll, um, we'll definitely get back to you guys. So first question is from Alistair. And the question is, should I take out $100,000 out of my house to start a business? The business is in my field of expertise and I see a gap in the market. I have no other way of raising capital. It would be a tough few years if I do this, especially meeting the increased mortgage repayments on my house. If I don't do this now, an, another opportunity might not arise for the foreseeable future. Daniel, thoughts? I think this is a great question. Um, having the option to sort of redraw from you know an asset or a secured lend, in my opinion, is probably the best way to get into the business market from a capital point of view. Yeah. Purely from a sense that that is the cheapest money you'll be able to borrow, right? From from an interest rate and cost perspective, mortgage rates are probably the best out there because they are secured against more or less your house. I agree that it will be tough from you know the increased mortgage repayments and obviously the income takes time to build up, but I think you're going to be it's, it's going to be tough anyway. Yeah, for sure. I think as well. Again, it depends what industry you're in, but you may not need to take out the four hundred grand from the start. If it's an industry that's not heavy on capital, 
you may only have to take out five or ten thousand dollars to start and if you need to continue to take more money uh, for the business then you can take it out in smaller amounts so there's no need to just say you know what i'm going to start the business i need a hundred thousand in the bank account start slow again it depends what industry if it's capital heavy if you need to buy equipment it could maybe it's a different story but it's really important that even though you may be able to manage the increased mortgage repayments now it's probably not a bad idea to add another two percent two percent to that in case in interest rates do rise for whatever reason they may come down god knows but it's just really important to overshoot what that repayment's going to be and make sure that you can pay that if worse was to come to worse and you know if your income for your new business wasn't as high as you thought it would be you just want to really make sure that you can make those repayments yeah i agree and i think you touched on a really really good point um take it out incrementally if you mm. have to right mm. so that the um, effect of the increased mortgage repayments isn't all at once as well. So yeah. it's not like you have to cover an extra $100,000. Yeah, so like, you know, it could be 10 or 20 at a time. You might need, call it maybe 20 for initial and then might be five, 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 five every yeah. couple of months as you're starting to run short if cash flow is not sort of picking up. You also need to factor in, does the 100K include your salary? Because mm. then you've got to weigh up, are you better off putting in 50,000 into the business, not taking a wage at all, and sort of offsetting the repayment in that sense where yeah. you don't have to meet the extra repayments because you just won't take away. So you don't need the extra capital. Yeah. So there's a few sort of um, points that you probably need to consider. And I'd probably speak to someone, mm. a, a professional about it because it would be completely um, in the control, sort of like your personal situation. It's yeah. hard to sort of comment, this is what you should do. But they're sort of the main touch points we would probably consider in this scenario yep. long story short should you my opinion is always yes yeah yeah i agree i think long as it's calculated and you do all of your your checks i would definitely be doing it um and just on what what daniel said as well like if you don't have to take a wage out of that hundred thousand that's going to go such a long way that'll last you so much longer and i'm sure you won't need to take out um a hundred grand from the get-go if you don't need to draw a wage so um in short but that's a big yes from both of us um second question is from Josh the Crane Guy. Hey, Owen and the boys. Just want to say well done on the podcast. I'm loving it and I know others would be also. I've always dabbled in business when I was younger, but never anything substantial and always too young to understand what was what. Now I'm older with a family, I want to give it another crack and have been trying to secure an equipment finance loan to buy a crane truck. Um, Josh the Crane guy has operated cranes for 10 plus years, but the issue he's having is that most of the banks won't loan any money to him unless he's been trading for a year. NAB, the equipment loan, inverted commas, experts have just stuffed me around. Basically, my question is, am I reaching too far to try to do this or would this be attainable? Oh, that's a hard one, Josh. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's another paragraph there. Yeah. We'll, we'll come to that when this one first. <laughs> um, thank you for the compliments as well. We don't always get feedback on, on what we do on the podcast and that's really appreciated and it's great to know that, you know, people are listening and enjoying it um, from our sort of part. The next next component, finance is really hard, right, especially in this market at the moment. Banks want to try and sell you products and then reject you on, on application. You're probably going to find this issue with a lot of lenders where they're going to want some type of trade history 
So for you, it's trying to find a workabout. I don't. I think this is a very, very small hurdle. If you were to go out onto your own, um, you may even short term need to go to maybe a second or a third tier lender. Interest rates are not going to be to your favour. It's it's just one of those things. But even if you go into one of these arrangements for one or two years and then have it refinanced at a commercial after you hit certain trade. I think you need to calculate the opportunity cost of that interest, right? What's the cost of the additional interest versus what's the cost of you not doing this, Yeah. right? So that would be my recommendation is maybe find a lender who is able to do it at obviously not a favorable interest rate, do it short term and then refinance that yeah, at a sure. later date. And I think the, the best option is it may not be to go directly to a bank and use a broker. Um, I don't think it's too far fetched to get this over the line, given that you're securing whatever the, the you're securing the money with a crane truck. Now I'm not too sure how much these are worth. I'm sure it's not a cheap buy, um, but again, in saying that, you're securing the finance against an asset. So I don't think it's too far out of reach. But I'd definitely be speaking to a broker because they would have not just one option like NAB in this case, but they could have twenty or thirty people or banks that would be able to source the finance so i think it's definitely worth reaching out to a professional the good thing is as well is the last part of your question uh, josh is that yeah um, i have my business plans cash flow projections and letter from the business saying they will use my services and me personally would never take on this risk without proper contracts and i have enough capital to float me for over a month waiting on invoices and I just feel like I keep coming to a dead end if that makes sense. So the good thing is if you were to go to a broker, they're probably gonna ask for some of this stuff and you've already put it all together. Um, I think it's, again, it's just really hard with these bigger banks to get these types of small things over the, lo over the line. Um, and like Daniel said, although the interest rate may be a little higher, if you were to go with a second or third tier lender, generally it's easier to get things over the line. Whereas with the bigger ones, it is harder, um, especially if there's no intermediary, you're going straight through them. There's no person who knows the ins and outs and the workarounds mm. of how to get these loans over the line. So Yeah, because there's a lot more lenders than just the banks. There's actual organizations there mm. that just do, for example, equipment finance who have facilities in place just for this. Whereas yeah. NAB, I know they like to you know say that they're you know equipment loan experts, but they're not. They're generalists. They do home loans, small business loans, personal loans, everything and anything more or less under the sun. They're one of the big banks. Mm. There are there are literal lenders that only work on commercial equipment. Yeah, That's who you want to be targeting. And that's, I think, a, a mortgage broker or some type of loan broker will be able to point you to the right lender who would actually factor in these cash flow projections, who would factor in the contracts that you have in place to secure sort of your income. Because from, from my sort of experience, I don't think the big banks do. Mm. They just they just go past performance really. Yeah. If, if you haven't got a year trading or two years trading, they're not going to look at it. They don't care. Yeah. They, they literally will not even look at any of the projections that you're sending across. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important as well. Just on that last point, um, I know that uh, Josh has said that he's got enough capital to float um, him for over a month while waiting for invoices. I think it's really important, aside from the finance, just from a business perspective, to make sure that you're really encompassing all of those business expenses. Even once, let's say, you know, fingers crossed, the asset comes through, are you going to have enough money to make those loan repayments as well as fuel, your insurances, whatever else is going to come up if you need to hire subcontractors? 
whatever the case may be, it's really important that you have cash flow to sustain all of those expenses while you, you are finding your feet. And um, if, if your payment terms are monthly, like, like that's that's a tricky one as well. So mm. you need to make sure you can manage that cash flow um, as well as acquiring the asset. That's one part of the puzzle. Yep. And our tip with cash flow and projections of any type, be super, super conservative. Mm. Don't sort of shoot sort of to the stars, especially when you're doing stuff like this. You want to be conservative. You want to know you can make it through worst case scenarios, not just best case scenarios. Yeah, spot on. Because what we see as well with a lot of these projections is people do like to overshoot them because everyone's mm. excited, the emotion takes over. But it's just really important to be real and, and don't overestimate. Just conservative, tick all your boxes and make sure that you're accounting for everything. Um, but yeah, yeah if um, Josh, if you want any help, reach out and we can hopefully yeah. help point you in the right direction. Yeah, we've got a lot of lending partners that we work with as well that can specialise down this route. Mm. So even if it's just putting you onto the right person to give you a hand, um, because there's a lot more lenders out there than just the banks. Yep, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Um, Jinga Larium. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, I'm a small business owner in the landscape in landscape maintenance. What are the benefits of starting a credit line with a local supplier of equipment and sh how should I go about this? Yeah. <clears throat> yes, there are lots of benefits to starting a credit line. The first thing is more or less increasing like your increasing your cash flow days that you have cash available. Yeah. Right? So, and what I mean by that is that you should be able to incur expenses. Yep. And then go, you know, for example, incur the expense and only pay it at a later date. So you're utilizing your cash for a longer period of time than just having to pay for things on the spot. Yeah. Right. So I think from a cash flow perspective, you could essentially hire, you know, buy your equipment, buy your supplies, whatever it may be, do the job, get paid by the job, and use the money that you've already been paid from that job to repay your supplies. Yep. That way you're never really sort of forking out any money. You're not really out of pocket for things at all. The only time that sort of this is the main disadvantage, I suppose, of having a credit line is if one, you don't get paid on time and you start building up large credit bills or large account bills mm. and they come due end of month. And if you don't have the cash flow, if you spent it elsewhere or if you haven't managed it properly, you don't have sort of the money to repay it they will cut your supply, more or less meaning that they will not let you shop with them until yeah. you pay that down. And that could potentially stop future jobs from being completed and slow you down. So credit lines are really, really useful, but like with any credit facility, you gotta play it really, really smart and use the advantages that are available to you. Yeah, spot on. And the important thing with that is a lot of these suppliers, I know, I'm pretty sure it's Reese off the top of my head for this isn't in, in the, the plumbing space, maybe not landscape, but if it's a 30 day term and you have one or two big clients and if they don't pay you in 30 days and sometimes I'll string it out to 60 days, that's a big problem. Of course. And then sometimes what can also happen as well is that yes, you've got this 30 day term for a supplier, but then if you pay that on credit card, it's just an endless spiral cycle. The just, washing machine. Yeah, rinse and repeat. <laughs> and that can become a problem real quick. Now, in terms of buying um, equipment from these suppliers, um, sometimes these interest rates can be really high. They might seem great and they'll say, you know, eight or 9%. That could be for three months. Mm. And sometimes there are products where they'll say it's 8%, three months, but if you extrapolate that over 12 months, it's not worth it sometimes. So it's yeah. really important that if you're going to go through a supplier 
for equipment, you need to check what the actual interest rate is and not just the surf, I guess, would you call it a surface interest rate, which is what they show you. Yeah, it's a really tricky one because they do trick you with that component. Yeah. They throw out a really low number, but it's not your per annum exactly. interest rate. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> when you really calculate it, you're getting, you're getting slammed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, is it a sort of a good idea? Should you go ahead with it? I think yes, purely from the option because you don't have to use their credit line. You can still pay for things yeah. as they come through. Um, is it good to have? Yeah, especially if you're starting larger jobs, you don't have the capital to do so. Um, you just need to factor in payment terms and can you meet a deadline mm. if you haven't been paid? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, for local supply, if you're buying material and supplies like on accounts, fantastic. If you're buying equipment, it's probably, again, if you've been trading for a couple of years, you've got turnover, your business is profitable. It may be even worth visiting, again, similar to the last question, maybe a broker if they can get you a better interest rate as mm. opposed to um, your supplier. Whereas, look, the supplier is probably going to be super easy to get the finance because if you've got repayment history with them, they're probably not even going to ask you for that much. Um, but again, just really important to check what the interest rate is and make sure that it's a fair rate. Um, so you maybe check the market, see what other banks are doing or other lenders uh are giving interest rates for equipment um, and then go from there. Yeah, it might even be an option for, you know, some type of business credit card as well. Yeah, Because yeah, you can yeah. get business credit cards that won't charge you interest as long as you're hitting, you know, the monthly repayments, as long as you're, you know, paying the account down in full and you're more or less getting the same benefit, mm. right? Even potentially even a better benefit because you can start accruing points, you can start um, building bigger balances. So I know, for example, with supplies, they cap your account at certain amounts. Um, I know there's business credit cards available that can help with that as well. I'm not saying go get a credit card. I'm just saying do your research. Make sure that the product you're going for from a credit side of things is what your business is going to benefit from. Yep. Perfect. So, um, yeah, there we go. First episode, three questions. Alistair, you're 100000 to out of um, your mortgage to start a business. Daniel and I both say yes, given it's measured and... You know, you've done all your ticks and all your checks. And it's the cheapest money you can get. That's it. Um, Josh the Crane Guy. Um, again, tricky one, but if you need a hand, reach out and we may be able to point you in the right direction to help get that um, crane truck over the line. And Mr. Jinga Larryman. Uh, options. There's always options. So check out interest rates. Make sure you don't just go off surface value and, and just make sure you do a deep dive and check what the rates are. Yeah, don't pick the easiest option. Pick the best option. That's it. Daniel, what do you reckon? First episode, just us two. I think we did well. But I'd love <laughs> to hear from the the audience. Let us know how we went on our first episode. Awesome. Um, and we'll report back to, to be going. That's it. Hopefully it gives us the tick. So yeah, <laughs> leave us any feedback and send through your questions. Daniel, thank you, sir. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Business Podcast. I think this series is best served with my free business course on RASC Education. My free course includes all of my notes, templates, employment guides, legal documents, marketing strategies, software recommendation, and ideas for starting and running a small business. Finally, if this podcast or the course helps you, I only ask that you please help me by sharing it with one friend, colleague, or family member who runs a business. Thanks for listening.